0: or a warm fuzzy but father we we say show us your glory for transformation Lord Moses wasn't into warm fuzzies he was up that mountain seeking the presence because in the presence he was transformed and Lord we seek your presence today through song through prayer through your word for transformation To be transformed into the image of the person that we follow, that we worship, called Jesus Christ. Lord, we're changed in the fullness of your presence. Your word you've given us, Father, for transformation. The living word of God, you said it has spirit and life. We are Transform, metamorphosize through engaging with your Son Christ, the presence. I love what I heard recently when Shirley, Father Thomas, she said, The Lord has written Himself on paper, that the written Scripture is the Lord on paper. Father, you communicate to us in so many ways. Through creation, through one another, through your word, through your presence, your spirit, through a conscience. Lord, we seek your face today for our transformation. That we would leave here changed. Not the same as when we walked in not the same as what we were a year ago or six months ago or three months ago. God, you've come to set the captive free. We prayed this morning about a place of freedom in you, God, that we would come into this greater place of freedom where we are set free from the things that bind and hold and limit and restrict the life of Christ flowing out of. Father, when I am pressed from you or circumstance or situation, I want others to see the Christ in me, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit in me come out. I don't want people to see me because there's nothing in me that brings hope, but you in me bring hope. And I pray today, everything I say, Lord, would be of you. And Lord, I just pray you would just put a mouth guard or something on my mouth that there's something of me wants to slip out, Lord, and you would give everyone here filters on their ears. We only want to hear from you, Father. We only want your reality. And it's a divine reality, Lord. It's one that is so foreign to us in our humanity. It's one that got you killed because they didn't understand you. It's one that even had your own family persecuting you, had your own brothers and sister and mother not getting it for a while, had your own disciples talking against you, had your own disciples getting in the way of your will. And God, you're bringing this people, this church Into a divine place Of understanding of the mind Having the mind of Christ And the reality of that Having the heart posture Of kingdom Being completely consecrated Set apart from the things of the world While living on the earth Demonstrating the kingdom Through in and through We're not a people of this earth. We are aliens and strangers on the planet living as a consecrated, set-apart priesthood of worshippers to you, Father. How cool is that? How cool is it to be an alien here on the planet? a stranger to the things of the world. To be so different, to be misunderstood for Christ. Paul said, I want fellowship with your sufferings. Man was so misunderstood by some that he was persecuted, spat on, whipped, stoned, stoned, Left for dead. But by others, he says, I was known. And by someone, I was known. You know, it was that group, Jesus Freaks, or Jesus Freak. And really, that's the reality that we are to walk in on earth. Freaks to a reality, but yet serving and laying our lives down for that very people it would cause you a freak it's the ultimate posture in him you know i was thinking this morning i was talking to danielle and just said you know how limited my thinking is and because of that limited thinking i limit the god that i worship and i don't know why but stephen just came into my head and Stephen is this evangelist, and he's out there preaching the gospel. And this Ethiopian prince comes by, and the word the Lord comes to the Ethiopian prince because he's reading the scriptures of Isaiah, and, and God, who was it? F- Philip. Who did I say? Stephen. Oh, him too. He was probably doing it. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Philip. So, what was God trying to tell me about Stephen? and God speaks to him and he goes and they have this encounter and he shares the word and the man gets baptized instantly gets saved and baptized instantly and they're in the water and all of a sudden poof gone I mean if you take a second to think about that he's transported and ends up somewhere else. Can you imagine going in the toilet and coming out and being in Africa? (laughs) Think about it. Completely into another dimension somewhere in another place. How much, God, do I limit you in my logical earthly thinking and my earthly postures of trying to have a nice home with a nice fence with the 2.5 children and the perfect Hollywood wife. Let's put it into a Kiwi context. A batch in the Coromandel with the boat with all my cronies can come and we can have a barbecue and go fishing and set up this whole dimension. And on one aspect, God says, you know what, if you seek my kingdom and my reality and my righteousness, my whole divine posture that's actually okay to a measure because you need all that stuff. And he says, but you know what? If you do this first, that will just be like that. you hold it in the palm of your hand. So you'll be like Paul, whether I have much or have nothing, it's it's irrelevant because I'm living for this completely other reality on the earth now. It's so foreign to the flesh. It's so foreign. But in the spirit, The man of the flesh does not comprehend the things of the Spirit. But the man, woman of the Spirit. And when you're in the Spirit, there is unity. There's no offense in the Spirit. I shared this the other week. I can come to my wife, and she can come to me, and she can share some pretty things that would actually, if I'm in the flesh, may upset me. But if I'm in the Spirit, I thank her for bringing correction i thank her for seeing something that i cannot see in my own blindness and we thank one another and we come together and there is union and oneness with him how supernatural is this god we worship how supernatural to take a human being and star trek him over one plus to another part i don't know where he ended up the guy just continues life as if Who is this God I worship? Who is this God when I say, show me your glory? Show me your presence so I can be completely radically transformed. And the words that come out of my mouth are the words of my heart. My words match my actions. Not just believing something that I sing week in, week out, but never ever coming into a divine reality of it. Who is he? And Moses said, show me your glory. I need your glory. If your presence does not go with me, I'm stuffed. What will separate me from the people of the earth to your people? If your presence does not go with me, I may as well not go anywhere. Show us, Lord, your glory today. Show us your presence through your word. May we turn aside and see. May we have the heartbeat of Moses today. That we have the mind of Moses, who when was up on the mountain and confronted with something that was so illogical, so irrational, so something outside of the earth, the man turned aside to see, and then you spoke. You see, Moses didn't hear God and then went, oh, what are you in the burning bush? Moses turns aside to see something that's so outside of his logical earthly thinking. And then God speaks. And we all today need to turn aside and see what God has in store for us as a community and as individuals. What is it that God is saying? Turn aside and see for you as an individual. God has something today for every single one of us. The Holy Spirit is so big, He can give you multiple nuggets all at the same time. Not only here, but at a rise and at the street and at the Hope Center and in life and city impact and everyone who's gathering around the world, the Holy Spirit has something for everyone in an abundance. Because He can transport a physical man to somewhere else like that. So let's open our eyes, turn aside today and see And God says, if you will turn aside, I have something for you. And God then declared to Moses his will, not only for God's people, but for Moses himself. So what does God want to tell you today as you turn aside to see about your purpose and the will he has for your life as being part of this family and an individual? But God's got to find something in us that wants to turn aside and see. Because it's easy to just continue living your life like this, walking like this way, and God's over here in the burning bush, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Wonder what that is. I don't know. A bit weird. What does it do this? What's that thing over there? What is that? You see it, Mark? Your beautiful wife. He answered and he said, Amen, I think. See, what happens with something that's so illogical? Whatever you hear something that's so outside of your normal paradigm, do you turn aside to see? Or do you just write it off? Do, you, do we rationalize it away because it doesn't fit into our paradigm, into our little nice box? My father, when he was healed of cancer, had a tumor in his bladder, Gets laid hands the night before at a life group meeting. Goes in the next day to have it removed, and they can't find it. 45 minutes looking for the thing. Could see it the day before. Whack the monitor. Must be the instruments we're using. Mr. Simner, we look for 45 minutes, and we can't find the damn thing. It's gone. And my dad starts to break down and says, Doctor, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Who? The Lord Jesus Christ healed me last night. That's why you can't find it. Oh, well, I, 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 don't, I don't know about that, Mr. Yeah, I, 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 I think we might have got the photo wrong on the x-ray and we just can't sort of like figure out. What, what, what. No, no, my father's weeping. No, no, I'm healed. You can't pay me now because you didn't operate on me, so... The surgeon of all surgeons took it away. Well, I don't know about that, but it's a little bit logical. um, uh, We might have to see you in six months to go for another scan and have a look. We're great at rationalizing away what we don't understand, aren't we? Let's just sweep it under the carpet. Let's, Let's just pretend it's not even there. Do you want me to give you a biblical example? They're all gathering in the upper room. Waiting. They've been having a heart posture of repentance for a number of days. Waiting. The Bible says they're of one mind. Waiting for the power to be imparted. Waiting. Hungry. Desperate. Turning aside to see. And the power of God falls in that place. And both, they're baptized, every one of them, and the power and the fire of the Spirit... And they start speaking in the languages of the people. And the people outside hear their own language being spoken out. And some people go, Wow, amazing! We're hearing God speak to us through these who are these people? But we're hearing our own language. We're hearing what was written about in our own language. And there's a stirring in the hearts of these people. And they're turning aside to see. And they're moving towards what they're hearing. But then these other people. Oh, gee. Woo. Man, had a bit too much of this good vodka stuff. And they mocked them. They're drunk. Oh, man, they've been on the turps a little bit too long. And it says they mocked them completely outside of their perspective, reality, and they mocked those people. It's a bit dangerous, isn't it? What about when Jesus is in the temple? He comes into the temple in Luke 4. He grabs the scroll he starts to read the scroll for the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel, to anoint the sick, set the captive free, preach the year of the Lord's favor. And everyone in that temple is like, who is this guy? The Bible says that they're grabbed by the word. It's like as he's declaring the living word, people are grabbed by that. He has them in a posture and they're like, they've turned aside to see. But then what do they do? Who knows? Logic kicks in. Reasoning kicks in. Humanity kicks in. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't it? Isn't that Jesus? We've grown up with this turkey. We know his family. We know where they live. Mate, we almost got sucked in then. Man, no, no, it's the carpenter's son. I'm going to rationalize away what I'm hearing, seeing, so I can maintain my comfort and my posture and my life that I've become accustomed to. But Jesus says, follow me, lay your life down, abandon everything, can't take anything for the ride with you. And come and follow me. The Bible says that Levi Matthew left everything behind. His livelihood. He's a tax collector for Christ's sake. Leaves it behind. And he leaves it behind for Christ's sake. I say that in the positive, not the negative. For Christ's will. For Christ's life. For what God will do through the Son and the will of the Father. You know, the question we need to ask ourselves is not, what is the will for my life? It's, Father, what is your will? And how do I align my life to that will? So I can come alive in the fullness of everything you bought and paid for. But will I turn aside and see? See? And we read scripture and we see men and women and young children who turned aside to see. And we see men and women and children who don't turn aside to see and rationalize away what these people are seeing and engaging in. I don't want to be one of those people on this side. Doesn't mean your life is ever over. Doesn't mean that Christ doesn't come and still show you things. But will we turn aside and see... What he has for us, firstly, as a body. Because God always talks in the first principle context as a body, never as an individual. You are born to partake in a body, not as an individualistic person on the planet, and it's all about me and Christ. I was born with a gifting to fit into a body And so a world would look and see a one body, not 30,000, a one body, an expression of God. God is one, oneness, Christ on the earth, God on the earth through his people. But am I willing to turn aside from my reality and see something different? Because it may look illogical. It may look like a bush with some fire coming out of it and it's not being consumed. And that can even freak me out because in my logic, that shouldn't be happening. Because I've seen the Sydney bushfires, Kirk, and man, that thing just rips through the land. There's nothing left. But I'm looking at this bush and I see fire coming out of it and the bush still remains. It looks a little bit like this. And this man, Moses, this apostolic leader, turned aside and move towards what he could see see he's demonstrating faith not fear he's active he moves towards not away what do we do when something comes and it falls out our perspective our paradigm our current level of understanding do we move towards it or do we retreat the enemy would have you retreat god would have you move forward because the difference is fear and faith And when you are presented with something that's outside of your current perspective and you move into faith, what happens to you? Faith grows. Does God want faith to grow? Does He want fear to exist in the church? The Bible says He casts out all fear. So He's looking for faith. Well, how does faith grow? You've got to exercise it. It doesn't just arrive in a wheat bix packet, does it? You can't buy it online. For 1995 and put your credit card in. Man, that would be awesome if you could, Lord. If you can tee that up on the website, that would be cool. Deposit of faith, Clay. That'd be worth tithing for, wouldn't it? Big questions, eh? Come with me to Exodus 3, 1 to 4. Exodus 3, 1 to 4. I'm going to read this. Passage real quick. And there is gold in here. There is gold in these hills. We'll go looking. What happened to the man that found gold in the field? What did he do, James? Sold everything he had, and went and bought the field, we found the gold. Sounds a little like come follow me, doesn't it? Okay, the burning bush, number one. Now Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the, police, the, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. We're going to come back to that. That's powerful. Even that one passage is powerful of what's in there. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of the bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed." Verse 3, so Moses said, I must turn aside. I must. I must turn aside. There's a stirring, there's a hunger, there's something happening inside the man when he sees a form of something that he is probably doesn't, well, no, he doesn't understand. I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. why i love this he asked the question why the bush is not burned up when the lord saw he turned aside to look god called to him from the midst of the bush and said moses moses he said here i am here i am luke 5:22 jesus said to this to these religious men he said why do you reason in your hearts in relation to the man that came on the mat that was lowered through the roof and jesus said friend your sins are forgiven interesting where they reason thought it was in the mind why does jesus say the heart matthew says understanding starts in the heart Go away and dig that out and have a bit of a play with that. That's interesting. Let me read this. I want to read this. The reason we do this, the reason we reason things away is because the things we don't understand can challenge the very things we think we understand and know, and this causes us to feel uneasy. So we reason them away to maintain our position, and this is what I'm asking myself Do I reason things away when I read scripture? I did. I don't want to anymore. When I would read scriptures that didn't make sense to my logic, like anyone who loves their father, their mother, their brother, their sister, their own life is not worthy of me. I don't like that. But hold on, your blood says I'm worthy. So the same guy that says, bought with a price, holy now worthy, is now telling me I'm not worthy if I don't love him with this abandoned love. I'll just reason that away. Don't understand it. For God sent his son. Ah. His only son for me. Oh, beautiful. I understand that. Oh, just pour that on me more and more and more. Thank you, Lord, that your uh, your love is is, is is how deep, how wide, how high it is. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that there's nothing that can separate me. I don't know what that's about over there, but I'm into this. He wrote both. He gives you both. He says, This, who is my mother? Well, Jesus, it's Mary. Who is my mother? What's he trying to communicate to his disciples? Does that make sense to us logically? Who is my brother? It's me, you Muppet. Remember, we used to go out and play soccer together on the field. What do you mean, who was your brother? I used to wipe your bum and wipe your nappies and do all that. Who is my mother and who is my brother? Illogical, unreasonable questions. Are they? What do we do with this stuff? Well, what's safer is to reason it away or just put it under the mat and leave it there. But what faith does, it goes, farther. I don't understand this in my current level of understanding of Scripture, of you. So I'm going to turn aside and see, and when I turn aside and see, you're going to speak. That's the pattern of what I just read out. Moses has really no clue about the burning bush. Anyone seen that, by the way? No, didn't think so. Fire consumes it, doesn't it? But Moses doesn't rationalize away. He doesn't reason it out. He doesn't ignore it either, as if it doesn't exist. The Bible says that Moses turns aside and goes, "Why isn't the bush burning up?" One simple, open-ended, beautiful question. And God says, "Awesome! We've been waiting for that question. I've watched you Greg for five years ignore some of those red lettered things letters to you that I wrote it for you I've watched you ignore the gold that I have for you because I've concealed it for you and I'm looking to see if your heart is a, one of a king who will go digging for it Proverbs 25 2 it says kings actually and I've been longing for this day when you would ask the question So I can bring you into a renewed mind, a renewed perspective, and you would see me and understand me at a greater measure than you do today, son. Thank you for asking me the question, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, because until you asked the question, I wasn't coming. What is God looking for in his church, in our hearts Or are we more concerned with the 2.5 kids having a nice house, having the batch in the Coromandel, going on holiday every year because that's our right, coming here week in, week out and come on, feed me, feed me, feed me because that's my right as a Christian. Or am I going to lay my life down to build something of the spirit that a world would look at and go, my goodness, I'm seeing God in it and I want this God. I'm laying my life down to be unified. I have a gift on me, and I'm going to serve every one of you if it kills me. I'm talking about us doing that, not just me. And we build something of the Spirit. God's been talking about the Tower of Babel. And whenever you read the Tower of Babel, you're probably thinking the negative. I know I did. And God started talk to me and say, look at it through the eyes of the Spirit, Son, and see the Positive. These people built something that was so incredible. And the Bible says when they put their mind to it, nothing was impossible. So we better get down there and mess it up. What would it look like if that was defined by God's spirit? A community of people defined to oneness, laying everything you have down for a unity in God. So not you, but other people firstly could see. Because we have it, don't we? Haven't we already seen and partaken of and arrived at this partly measure thing? Experienced Christ, so I'm enabled, I'm empowered to be able to lay my life down to see a church that is unified on the earth. Well, if we don't turn aside to see and ask the question, that is beautiful scripture that will never be a reality in our lives. And God right here at this place called the rock, On the hill that's been prophesied is about building a unified body. It is the goal. It is the point. It's his heartbeat. It's the high priestly prayer. But he says, will you turn aside and see and ask the question and then let me define my will for your life. And that starts at engaging in the macro, which is a body. Moses says, amen, I will. And I'm asking myself, will I? Because let's be honest, it's easier to go and hide out in your coromandel in your batch with a few of your croonies, because it's safe. It's comfortable. And I'm not today saying God doesn't pour out blessing on people. So hear what I'm saying what God is trying to do is rewire the church to the right posture so those things aren't controlling you dedicate or dictating your decision making holidays don't determine anything my finances don't determine my lifestyle they're all his anyway he defines us doesn't he he shapes the church doesn't he we sing about it every week Jesus be the center of it all. Well, if you will ask the question he wants to be, and he will be, but will we turn aside and see? So here's a question for us all to consider, take home, throw rotten tomatoes at me if you want, but it's this. Are we turning aside to see what God is saying to us as a community right now. Have we turned aside to see and understand the bride of Christ and what was taught? Have we, are we turning aside to see living from a divine reality? Loving one another as Christ loves. The wilderness journey that Clay spoke on. The new wineskin. Have we taken one moment and turned aside to see and ask one question? Or are we just doing our own thing? Just living for self? The Bible says we are to meditate and marinate ourselves. Do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. But meditate on it day and night so you are able to do and careful to do all that's according to what's written in it, then you'll be prosperous and have success. That is a turning aside to see and chewing on something and eating it and then bringing it up and then chewing on it and bringing it up and chewing on it and bringing it up. It bringing it up. <clears throat> These are the words of Moses I must, I must. Turn aside now. Look at the urgency in his, his heart. I must turn aside, not next week, not tonight, now. There's an urgency about his present text to see this marvelous sight that I really don't understand why the bush is not burned up. And as I said before, he moves towards... It's active. So many of the church today are passive. We allow things to happen to us. We wonder why we're not living these lives because we're passive followers. We want, I said this to the young people, we want to define what following looks like. Don't we? Let's be honest, I do. I want to bring the sky with me. I'll hold the decoder up. I'll plug something into some power. I'll get a generator. While we're following you, is it okay if I watch Liverpool? Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I need to do a work in your heart first, Greg, before you have that. Because if the work's not done, you're still going to worship me on the journey, and you're probably going to set up camp somewhere, and you're probably going to get sick and tired of holding the aerial up, so you want to stick that on a house, so you'll need a house, then you'll need a power outlet, then you're going to have to pay for the power out to pay for your sky. Am I speaking to anyone today apart from myself? You see, it's a theocratic kingdom. It's not a democratic one like it is in this country. It's a theocratic one, which means it has a king, and the king decides what the rules are, and our role is to obey. You just see when the young people and I shared that a like, I don't like that. You don't get a say. You have to obey. I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. (laughs) But he wants to produce a love in you so you obey from a sense of love, isn't it? This is what following Christ looks like. Hey guys, nothing for the journey. Not a staff. Not a bag, not clothing, not accommodation booked in so when you arrive there you get picked up in the limo and taken to your hotel. Nothing but my presence. Amen. That's more than enough, eh Dave? More than enough. I mean if this God can transport a person from A to B, I think he can book us into a hotel more than enough and then he says come on let's go and when you get to the house go say hey can I stay at your place tonight and if they let you enter in if they don't shake the dust off and keep going till you find the house that lets you in well that's going to require some radical faith that's going to require a turning aside to see isn't it And what's fascinating, if you keep reading, you'll find he says, right now on this journey, you can take a staff, you can take a jacket, you can take a bag, you can take some clothes, you can take some food, you can take the stuff. Man, are you messing me up or what? Why is that? Because the work that I wanted to do in your heart has been done in you. Faith in you comes out because of a turning aside to see. Verse 4 is critical. I've been sharing it, but I'm just going to overemphasize it because I believe it is extremely relevant right now to us as the rock. Verse 4 says this, when the Lord saw that Moses turned, or he turned, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, he said, "Here." I am. You see, so often we won't turn aside to sea because we want God that we ask the questions. I'm I'm not turning aside to sea until you give me this. Anyone done that apart from me? God, I'll make a deal with you. Because I've got some real bargaining power. You know who I am, my God? You caught a good fish when you got this fish. Man, did you get a good deal? I know there's other guys over there. You got the best of the best when you call Greg Simner out. Whew. Yeah. Now, let's negotiate this thing out here because I'm a salesman and I know I can twist your arm. I know I can shape it. I mean, really? So I'll follow you. Look, I'll, I'll take it easy on you, Lord. Okay. The ten things make it eight, right? <laughs> I've done that. It's a joke. You know what I found? You forget about your questions. Well, how long it's going to be? What are we going to wear? How much are you going to pay me if I take on this rock stuff? Because I heard the church doesn't pay that well. Um, all those things, you know, and you go, <laughs> and, you, and you say, What do you want? I'll follow you. You know, I, um, last night we had a couple around for dinner, it was awesome. And we were just sharing our testimonies and God reminded me of something. And if I lose it here, just please go with me. But um, this is how amazing he is. When I turned aside five times and still hadn't followed him. And my mum said, You wanna pray and ask for help? And I said, He won't hear. I don't deserve him. Because for so long he I've said I would and I I haven't. And he still came. And I said, Lord, I'm giving it to you my whole life now. I'm sick and tired of playing games. I'm sick and tired of trying to define this thing. I'm sick of trying to try and negotiate with you. Have the whole flipping thing. And you know what's happened? You see a beautiful bride that sits here. You see two beautiful children that run around that I never, ever, ever thought would be a reality. Because who would want to marry a divorced person? He says, Greg, if you let it all go, if you will turn aside and see, I will speak. And I will redefine you. I will give you, show you things you've never even dreamed of. I'll take you to places. You'll do things like what I'm doing now. It's still hard to get my head around. And I will bring you into freedom and life and joy and peace and righteousness. Because the word of the cross to those who are being saved is the power of God, the transformation. Let me say that again. The word of the cross. The word of the cross is power to those who are being saved. The Israelites didn't understand where the power was. They thought it was with the Pharisees. They all thought it was in signs and wonders. The power is within, and it comes as you die. You want to live a powerful life to Christ? Die. Die. Get on your face, get on your knees, live a life of repentance, and the power of God will come. But it's the only way it comes. It's a narrow path. If you want the life, die to yourself, and you'll have the life. Turn aside and see. It says the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But you know what? The word of the cross is foolishness to those who aren't being saved. But Greg, I thought I was saved. No, you're justified. Now get on the process of sanctification where you're working out your salvation because you have turned aside and saw and gone, God. I want to live a whole life of repentance, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm not only defining how this kingdom works from the start, I'm showing how it works the entire life. It's repentance. Change the completely way you think. Look at a burning bush. Don't justify it. Don't walk away from it. Don't reason it out. But turn aside and see and let me change your whole mindset of what you're hearing and what you're looking at. And if you will, I will define my will for you and you will come into this life called the kingdom, which is within a person, not external, within a person, and I will transform you. Anybody up for that today? I am more and more. Isn't that awesome? Get you guys up, eh? Get the music guys up. That's enough. I've got heaps more to say, but I think that's a good nugget. I asked a question about Stephen? I meant Philip. But, yeah. Say it. Say it. Preach. Can I get a, hold on, Can I get a mic? Stephen was prepared to stand up against the stand out against the established re- religious perspective to the point of death, and he gave up his life. And you know what? He was a deacon. Think about that. See, it's not about position. That's following Christ. That's being a follower of Christ. Did everyone hear what Rosie said about Stephen? And you know what? we got to do this thing together. It breaks my heart. I'll be honest with you, it breaks my heart and I see em- empty seats. It breaks my heart. But if we will be unified, if you and I will commit to letting our lives go and allowing him to define you, us, there won't be a building big enough to contain a lost world that are screaming and looking for hope. But if the church does not play its role, there'll be another empty seat. There'll be another empty seat. There'll be another empty seat. See, when he called us to follow, it's abandonment. But you find Life. The life is found in the letting go. Yes, it's scary. That's why you've got to do it together. But you know what? I've given you my spirit. So maybe we need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe we actually need to be baptized. Maybe you thought you always were. Maybe you're not. Don't know. Maybe it's about Really, really allowing the cross into your life. You're justified, you've prayed a prayer by faith, you've acknowledged Jesus awesome. but maybe you've never actually gone like that and like that. And Jesus is now 10 K's round the bays and you're looking going, He looks like a ghost from here. I don't even recognize him. And as quick as you ask a question, he runs back. He does 10Ks in two seconds, by the way. What did you want to know? You turned aside and saw, you asked a question and I'm right here. While he's doing that for you here, he's doing that for someone in England, he's doing that for someone in Africa, he's doing for someone in Europe, in Russia, in America, because he can take a person here and transport them here. It's for us. He has the best for us. I've discovered gold as I've let go of the stinking thinking and the stinking choices and trying to control it all and fit it into all the boxes And line it all up. It's one complete journey. But will I turn aside and see? Will I ask the question? Because you can turn aside and see and never ask the question. And then He will speak. Because He is your Father, He is your friend. He is your king, he is your groom, he is your lord, he is your saviour, he is your comforter, he is your counsellor, he leads you unto all truth if you will allow him. Mate, I think he's everything, isn't he? He's left nothing uncovered. So what part or bit or what, what is it that you need to turn aside and see? And only you know. I know what mine are. And so I would ask you what yours are. And then lay them down. And allow him to come. Maybe he's going to cut. Maybe he's going to take off your whole head and spin it round and put it back. Maybe he's going to break through in a way that Anxiety and worry are just lifted maybe he's going to come as a father and just sit because you don't know what it's like to feel the love of the father I don't know maybe he's going to put a passion in you for him or lost people or the gift on your life what I do know and these are for the people that are over 40 which is me You don't retire in the kingdom. The word doesn't exist. So if it's in your vocabulary, you need to rip it out and bury it. You have gifts on your life that are there. It's a gift. What do we do with gifts? We open them. We enjoy them. They're not actually for you they for the person beside you. And I love what Sam said. Tell me what you said last week, Sam, about being in each other's lives so much. If someone else doesn't step up, it's messing with you. What did you say? Can you remember? Oh. You'll have to go and listen to his message last week and chew over his message. My business is your business. Oh, isn't that good? Was that offensive? Come on, Paul, step up, because you don't step up, it's hurting me. I want to walk and finish the race with you, brother, arm in arm. And if you don't step up, I can't run. I'm limited if he's not partaking and participating. And the same thing. So let's all step up. There's no respecter of Age. I look at Rolf and Almy every Sunday night, 80 plus. Almy's still giving it all that and telling us all off. Bless her. She's in a place that I have a dream of getting to. And then Rolf calms her down and just comes with something and bang for us. 85, I think now. Mate, we've got... So, Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for who we are in you. Thank you that there's no lack and gap. Thank you that your love is so sufficient. Thank you that your grace is so powerful for us, Father. Thank you, Lord, that it defines the whole thing. That your grace is there to empower and enable us becoming what we've talked about today. Lord, there's no going back. There's only going forward. And I pray for a revelation of that grace, a revelation and the fullness, Lord, of not just thank you for dying for me, but bring me into the understanding, the heart posture of that grace that would empower me to lay my life down. It would empower me to make the decisions that are letting go of me and grabbing hold of you. I pray the power of every reasoning away today, Father, for the rationalizing away, for the unbelief, the words that we've spoken of unbelief and and just that continue to keep us small. We don't even realize we do it. I just pray and break the power of that off in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I loosen the ability to hear today. I loosen the ability to receive at a greater measure and hear the frequency for the Spirit. For those who have the Spirit will hear what the Spirit says to the church. I pray every single person will hear today with a clarity to hear the frequency of the Holy Spirit, Lord. The notes of the Holy Spirit, Father that we would be people of the Spirit, not of the flesh. And we receive that by faith today, God. By faith today unblock any hardened heart, any hardened ears, Lord God, that we can receive the kingdom seed, that we would not be a person that the seed comes and the enemy just pinches it away straight away, or that we wouldn't be the person that receives it. But when the word is preached, which brings persecution, Father, we would shy away and we would lose it, God. And we wouldn't be a people who are being choked by the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth and chasing the wrong things, God. We wouldn't be them, but Lord, we would be a people at the rock that would be 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold what was sown today, that we would come into and allow the kingdom seed to grow and to develop as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords waters that seed, my Lord Jesus. Water that seed today and produce the fruit as we get out the way and allow you to build your church, Father. And as we partake with you and in you and say things like I can do nothing in my own initiative apart from me and as I remain in the vine in your life source because I'm close I'm seeking you, I've turned aside to see and you have spoken to me Jesus come Holy Spirit and power and ignite what I've just prayed into the hearts and the minds of myself and the church here and the Church of Wellington, and Lower Hutt, and Capity and North Island, South Island, and the nations, Lord. I'm sick and tired of churchianity. I'm sick and tired of religious stuff. We want the real, authentic Jesus building His church, not man and man's ways and man's temples, 10 ways to this and 10 ways to that, how to have a prosperous life here by building your own life. Cut it all, burn it all, Father and build your people through the heavenly platform in which you've given us and may we submit to it to receive from it to give back to it. And I pray as Jesus prayed that you and I would be one as he and the Father are one. So our world would look and see Jesus show us your glory today show us your glory show us your presence your face as we all turn aside to see as we all just take a degree of faith today and just turn the dial to see show us show us more of who you are. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. My God. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. My God show us.